Reclaim Your Brain podcast. I'm Dr. Liz Rook. I'm a certified life coach and rheumatologist, and I'm here to show you how I combine science, coaching, and psychology to solve stress and worry for me. And now I want to show you how you can do the same to enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. It's time to stop struggling and have more fun. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I hope you are having a wonderful week. I sure am. I had a great visit home last weekend. And if you're just joining up now, I am on assignment for my rheumatology job in Montana. And my family is in Colorado. So it's been a little bit of an adventure, but the first month went really well. And we're heading into the second month and I can't wait to see what it holds. However, I went home for the weekend and I caught an epic thunderstorm when we were cooking dinner Saturday night. My husband and I went paddle boarding on Sunday. I caught up with a dear friend on Friday night and I got two workouts in at my home gym, which is like my second family. So I am just overflowing with love and joy and gratitude. And it just really filled me back up for the next few weeks until I go home again. So I just wanted to share that. And I've also noticed up here in Montana, it's very hot, which surprises me because you think of Montana, you think of mountains, but the area that I'm in is relatively flat. So it's been super hot, super windy, kind of like where we live in Colorado. It's the Western part of the state. And I am ready for some cooler temperatures. So I've had this episode planned for some time, but I decided to air it now because it's towards the end of summer, but it's those dog days of summer where it's still super hot. And I wanted you to start picturing something cooler to cool you off. So we're gonna talk about stress snowballs today. (laughs) The official name of this is catastrophizing, which a lot of us do with negative emotion or stress. And it's a normal function of our primitive brain to always jump to worst case scenario, and then maybe pile some more poop on the pile of poop so it gets bigger and bigger. And we've talked about this before, but I want to approach it from a different angle because not everyone resonates with one way of describing something. So I want to make sure that you're able to identify this and then interrupt it and then resolve it and make it useful for you instead of just wallowing in overwhelm or catastrophe or feeling paralyzed by your stress, which I think all of us at some point in our lives have had that happen. So I always think of, there's a child's book and I think it's Alexander and it was his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And that's what I think about when I think about catastrophizing or the stress snowball concept, because he just has this terrible day and nothing's going right. And then he and mom, I think are in bed at the end of the day and they talk through stuff. And then he's like, well, maybe it was okay. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was. And that's kind of familiar because we all catastrophize. It's happened to all of us. And I'm intimately familiar with this concept as well, because I used to, if I woke up really anxious or really cranky, or I didn't sleep well, it used to set in motion this nonstop volatile reactivity that seemed like it was unstoppable. And my mantra, even from the morning time or the beginning of the day would always be tomorrow is a new day to help me get through it. Which if you can imagine, if you have a really long day ahead of you, that's not always the most comforting thing. But for me, it was comforting to get me through it because I knew I could handle anything temporarily. But I also felt completely powerless to stop what I felt was happening to me and redirect the day's course to make it better. So 
we don't always have whole days that are wrecked by our stress snowball, but we often have moments or meetings or relationships or interactions that bear the brunt of our stress response. So I wanna propose that there's two different kind of stress snowballs, and I'm not really gonna go into depth with them today, but I probably will in a later episode. So the way I'm looking at it is one is like that quick stress response that then everything kind of cascades and your brain goes, but this, but this, but this, but this. And before you know it, you're just overwhelmed with stress because it's like a pig pile. One stress comes up kind of acutely, maybe surprises you, smacks you in the face out of left field, and then a bunch of other ones pile up. So I call that the lightning fast ice storm. It's quick, it's chaotic, it overwhelms us until we can dig our way back out. And that may happen, you know, over the course of the day, the work day, if you're having a discussion with your spouse, if the kids aren't behaving like they quote unquote should, right, then that can cause this lightning fast ice storm. <clears throat> and then the other type of stress response, and I apologize, my allergies are kicking up a little after my workout tonight, is the slower, you can see it coming kind of storm that's created by our reactive habits that we use to either avoid or distract us from our stress that then continues to build up because we didn't process it in a way that was healthy so we could release it. And then these habits, and I'm talking about anything that we do to avoid our stress or any other negative emotion, things like overeating, drinking alcohol, scrolling social media, you probably by now can identify one or two of your go-to habits that you go to when stress comes up because we've talked about it on multiple episodes. For me, it's overeating or it's just avoiding altogether and shutting down. Sometimes it's like reading a book or sleeping. <laughs> you know that they're reactive habits that are not helpful if it's causing a net negative effect. So if you're overeating when you're stressed, what it does is just distracts you from the stress. It doesn't really resolve it. And then your net negative effect is that then you're overweight, you're overeating, then you're more stressed about your body and how it looks and how you feel because you, we don't always reach, we don't usually ever reach for the healthy foods when we're overeating due to a stress response. Sometimes we do. You can overeat healthy food. Too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. But it's an, if there's a net negative effect and it's not helpful for you and it's a habit that you're reacting so you feel the stress and then you react. So you may go grab a glass of wine at the end of the day because you just feel like it's too much or you get home from work and you're just stressed to the max and you just go to the pantry or you go to the fridge or you grab a piece of chocolate or even at work, right? I used to do this a lot. I'd get bored at work sometimes, just the monotony of it. And my brain was tired and I just grab chocolate or treat. And I realized I was doing this as a habit because every day at three o'clock, my brain was like, hey, it's time for chocolate now. And I was like, hmm, maybe this isn't the best idea. Anyway, so no matter what your go-to habit is, it's applicable here. So no matter which type of stress snowball you encounter, you can use the same steps to reclaim your brain and rewire it so that you stop doing something that's harming you in the long run, which is AKA not processing that stress. So no matter which type you encounter, you can number one, identify when it's happening, number two, interrupt it, and then number three, resolve it and actually transform it into something that helps you, okay? So we've talked a lot about identifying stress, what it feels like in your body. So first, when you notice it, and the stress snowball sometimes is a lot more intense and it can feel very unsafe. And that's kind of how I differentiate it from an acute stressor where you're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling worry. So it's different than that kind of like, it can come on quickly, but it's more of a slow burn. This is like, 
something happens out of left field and then all of a sudden your brain's like worst case scenario and then what about next week and then what about the kids summer vacation and then what if my husband leaves me in two years because I'm eating all this chocolate to cope you know all of it just kind of snowballs right it just adds up and it's like the snowball rolling down the hill gaining momentum gaining size gaining speed so as soon as you identify it you say this is a stress snowball this is what it feels like in my body and then you breathe you take a few big deep breaths in and out no matter where you are and you can implement this with the pal system that i have in the free guide that's in the link in the show notes but the pal system is designed to quickly interrupt stress and then help you release it so you're not holding on to it it's not building up it's not causing you issues okay so it's the same type of identification that we talk about in the guide and once you can identify oh this looks like a stress snowball coming at me this is what liz was talking about then you can interrupt it you can just kind of karate chop it and you can tell your brain we're not going there today we're going to deal with the one acute issue We're going to redirect you over to the PAL method, which is my unique method that I've developed to interrupt stress and instantly release it. And then we can kind of play a little. Okay. So I'm going to make this a little bit fun, you know, stress snowballs and have a little snowball fight. So our brains are going to brain. They're always scanning for danger. They're trying to work out the worst case scenario. So they're literally trying to prepare for anything at any time which as you can imagine, is stressful and not totally really healthy. (laughs) So this catastrophizing, this stress snowball, kind of clicks us into that habit of overthinking, which puts our brain in overdrive, which a lot of times can lead us to avoiding what's happening completely or otherwise shutting down. Even if we're reaching for the chocolate, we may be like, okay, we're just going to sit here and binge the whole bag, right? Or not just a glass of wine, a bottle of wine. That can be a cue too if it's more of that slow burn stress cycle that you're snowballing is like you're drinking your glass of wine and you're like, but this, but this, but this, but this, and your brain just keeps hopping around to all the terrible things. Just remember Alexander's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. If you catch yourself thinking about that, it's likely a stress snowball. So once we identify it, we catch it. And then we tell our brains, we're going to interrupt it. We're going to focus on the one acute issue We're going to use that PAL system, pause, ask, and listen. And if you're not familiar with this, you can click on the link in the show notes and download that free guide. It can help you instantly decrease stress. The more you practice it, the faster it gets. So guaranteed to solve your stress in five minutes, but the more you practice it, the faster it gets until it's your default pattern. The stress comes up, you process it, and you move forward. Okay. So now that we've interrupted it, we've done our PAL method, we can kind of go a little bit deeper. So we can get our shovel out and we can kind of build an igloo or like one of those snow playhouses instead of just letting the snowball keep rolling down the hill. We're kind of like making it take a left-hand turn. We're making it stationary. It's not getting any bigger. And then we can look at it. And this is the fun part. So when we can catch our catastrophizing and diffuse it with the PAL system, It allows us to see what's really going on in our brain and acknowledge that some of our deeper fears are coming up during this time. And we can use that to learn more about ourselves and to grow even more rapidly. So we all have a tendency towards wanting to grow. It's one of the human needs that we all have besides love and shelter. Growth is a drive that we have. And some of us have more of a drive than others. And some of us kind of geek out on it. 
but we all have fear and we can work through it and then we can get creative and learn more about ourselves in the process. So say our fear comes up that we're not even aware is a fear. Like my husband's going to leave me for a younger woman. Where the heck did that come from? And that's where having a coach or a friend or a mentor who can be objective with you, which friends, not always the most objective. They usually have their own opinions. But a coach is an objective observer who kind of sits with you and looks at your brain and then can kind of unpack all of this and see, is there utility for this to be there? You know, where did it come from? Is it just a random thought that you just happen to pick out of the um, air and hold on to? Or is it something that's useful? What can you learn from it? You know, can you catch and release? Do you want to redirect the fear into something productive, like a learning experience? Do you want to recast? I know I'm using snowball and then fishing. It makes no sense. But you want to definitely focus intentionally and kind of see where your brain goes. And this is a great time to do a thought download and just take out a piece of paper once you've diffused the stress and just go back and trace it back. And like, what was that acute stressor that happened? Like maybe one of the kids got in trouble at school and you had to go pick them up early, which means you had to leave work early, which means, you know, the whole day is interrupted and you have a project due at the end of the week and then your boss is going to be on you and you're just worried about all of it, right? So what was the initial stressor, right? And then go back to what you were thinking when it happened. Like, I can't believe this is happening right now. This is the worst time that this could happen and then how you were feeling. And then from there, you can kind of simplify it even further. What kind of action did you take? You had a stress response, right? So your action was the stress snowball. And then what was the result? So if you interrupted the stress snowball, you were able to diffuse the stress and not let it ruin the rest of your day. So you're not going to yell at the kid. You're able to maybe, you know, pick them up, bring them home, salvage the rest of the day, maybe work from home or take some work home to, to get stuff done. So you're not too far behind schedule because you're able to access your rational brain. Because when emotions are high, reasoning is low. And we can't think rationally when we're being very emotional, which is part of the problem with stress and then the stress snowball, because the stress snowball is about 10 times more intense than a regular stressor. And if we don't know how to process through that and we're coping with cupcakes, that's not very productive. So now that you have the steps, I want you to put them into practice. And I was thinking today, and I'm going to do a podcast about this, about consuming self-help and self-growth and self-improvement versus applying it. And that's why there are so many coaches in the world, because when someone learns to play baseball or you send your kid to learn an instrument, they have an instructor or coach or a mentor or someone who helps them, who knows what they're doing, knows their way around, makes it easier, makes it faster for them to learn. Yeah, we can all learn to play baseball, just like we can all learn to manage our minds on our own. But if you don't want to spend months to years figuring things out on your own, a coach is a way to accelerate this process because a coach can sit with you and look at your brain and be neutral about everything that your brain is having drama about. And that's why all of us coaches have coaches too, because even though we have these skills and we all self-coach, there are always sneaky little thoughts hiding around the bent and they can tip off stress snowballs. So my friend, 
two types of stress snowballs. It doesn't matter which one you encounter. You want to identify, you want to interrupt, make that snowball come off the hill, take a left-hand turn so it's sitting flat. Use the pause, ask, listen process. Link is in the show notes. And then go back, retrace your steps and get a little creative with it. What can you learn from this experience? What do you want to do next time this happens? Because things will happen repeatedly until we learn that lesson, right? And once you're not scared of something overwhelming you or making you shut down and there's safety for you to be able to handle it, it's not as intense the next time it happens. And you can plan ahead and you can even visualize. And I do this sometimes with clients. I'll have them visualize and not everyone can do this because you have to feel safe and you have to feel secure when you do it, but visualizing your worst case scenario, like what's the worst thing that could happen? And that's a question that a lot of people don't want to go there because they feel like they're going to get stuck. So with stress, as with all negative emotions, if we learn to cope with them and process them in a healthy manner, AKA not with cupcakes, then the, the emotion will pass within about 90 seconds. Sometimes there's other, you know, factors that cause it to last a little bit longer. Grief, I think, is one of those exceptions that it can kind of come and go, but the waves usually last about 90 seconds. And a lot of us avoid negative emotion just because it's a habit that we've always had or it's something that was modeled to us. But at the same time, a lot of us are using coping skills that we developed when we were 10 years old or less. And we want to give ourselves best tools that we can to process the negative emotion and go there because we're not going to get stuck in it. It's not going to last forever. And I can tell you that from experience because I too was once where you are scared to feel my emotions. I would shut down. I would avoid them whenever possible with cupcakes or ice cream or any baked good or sugary substance. And when I finally created enough safety in my body to allow the emotion and it started real slow and we went slow with it. Then I was able to expand that gradually to now I'm working on the deeper layers of my fears and the bigger fears. And we'll talk more about it, but there's something that I'm planning to do that I said I would never do (laughs) because of some of my fears. So I'm hoping to do that in the next few months and then talk to you guys about it. So, all right, stress snowballs. You can identify, interrupt, and then use them for good instead of evil. All right, you guys, I hope this was a great episode for you and that you learned a lot. And you're going to go out and apply it this week because when we apply things and we practice them, we reclaim our brain and solve our stress. And then we're able to thrive in every aspect of our lives. And it's so much fun. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want more inspiration and stress solutions to feel better and live joyfully, click the link in the show notes to join my email list to get joy delivered straight to your inbox. It is never too late to reclaim your brain and thrive in your life.